Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Salem United Methodist Church Conway. You can find us on the web at salemumcconway.org. Our lesson this morning comes from the Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through 43. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Ludo was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout Joppa that many people... Excuse me. Became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, God of the resurrection, God of new life, you reach out and you call us to follow you. Help us to hear your message today of how we are to follow you. Lord, we give you thanks for your apostles and for your word and for the teachings that you have left to us. Lord, open our hearts and our minds to hear your word today, to hear your teaching and to put it into practice. In your name we pray, amen. When I first read this passage, I began to focus on walking and how we must walk down different paths in life. You may be thinking I'm crazy at this point, and hold on, I'm going to get there, I promise. After all, this text involves a lot of walking. You might not have caught it, but Peter and the apostles were walking back and forth between Lydia, or Luda, and Joppa, about 12 miles in distance one way. As I wandered along this train of thought, I began to think about a poem written in 1916 by Robert Frost. Some believe that this poem is in the voice of Frost's friend, Edward Thomas. About Thomas, Frost says, He was a person who, whichever road he went, would be sorry he didn't go the other. He was afraid of what he might be missing. I'm sure you've heard this poem. It goes a little bit like this. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood. And looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other just as fair. And having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, 
And that has made all the difference. You see, in our passage from Acts, Peter takes the road less traveled by as he avoids the easy way out. Now, when first reading through Acts 9, 36 through 43, Dorcas, or Tabitha as she known, jumps out as the main character. But when you place this passage in the context of the scripture, it becomes clear that this is more about Peter and his actions than it is about Dorcas. You see, Peter has just finished, finished healing Aeneas, the bedridden paralytic in Luda, which gives testimony to Christ and the power of the resurrection. This brought many of the residents of the area to turn their lives toward Christ, and it strengthened the church. In Acts 10, shortly after this passage that we're looking at today, the miracle with uh, Dorcas, uh, Peter is summoned into Cornelius to come to Caesarea. And it's here that Peter receives a vision that will end up furthering the inclusions of the Gentiles into the church. We're going to hear more about this section later in this series. As you can see, this whole string of narratives is about Peter. After all, the book is called The Acts of the Apostles. It's about what the apostles, the 12 first followers of Christ, did to further the kingdom of God here on earth. What they did to establish the church. In this passage, we see Peter acting much like an Old Testament prophet and walking in the footsteps of his teacher. He brings healings and performs miracles. A key to understanding these miracles is their purpose in turning people to the Lord and beginning to walk in faith. Now, physical healing is second only to the spiritual healing of eternal salvation. We must see physical healing working right alongside spiritual healing. For as one is healed physically, then they are open to receiving the spiritual healing made possible by the resurrected Christ. An interesting point to this story is that after it was clear that Dorcas had died, her friends still urgently called Peter to come. They believed that Peter could have reversed the death process. Certainly this was part of the description of those who would follow in Christ's ministry. And so in her helpless state, Dorcas's resurrection depended on the faith and action of her friends. Friends who, by the way, took not the easy way, but the hard way. The road less traveled, if you will. For here is the power of the church as a corporate body. There can very well be times in which we find ourselves in a helpless state. And the body of Christ functions to edify or build up those who are helpless and lifeless. There will come times for most believers when they will need to lean heavily upon the faith of brothers and sisters to bring them through whatever they're going through. Peter here appears to be touched by the grief of the mourners and he takes the initiative to do something about it. How simple, though, it would have been to just attempt to comfort them, to help them accept the new reality of the loss of their friend. No, not Peter. He swallows hard and he moves toward the miraculous. No doubt he has some direction here from God for what miracle should occur, and he obeys the Lord's command. But the greater miracle may not be the resurrection. 
God had certainly proved this act is as simple as speaking the words come forth. No, the real miracle would be the movement of faith in Peter's heart. Is this not the man who denied Christ three times? Is this not the man who returned to his fishing trade when it appeared that Jesus was dead? Now look at him, praying to resurrect a dead saint. The change in Peter's disposition and faith to bring the intervention of God to hurting people rather than taking the easier way out is clearly a miracle that is within reach for us. Our miracle is to respond to God's call and direction faithfully, to open the doors that unite the hands of an all-powerful God, no matter how hard that may be for us. But how often, though, do we do this? When faced with making a choice between the hard way or the easy way out, the road most traveled or the road less traveled, which way do we choose? Is it the easy way or the hard way? How many times have you taken the easy way, especially in matters concerning your faith? See, it would have been real easy for Peter to show up at Dorcas's house and give comfort to the mourners, to begin working through the process of planning a funeral, to take the easy way out. No, instead, he took the hard way. Yeah, probably directed by God, but still the hard way. And because of this, his faith grew as he continued to walk this path in faith that set him up to be the foundation, the rock upon which the church is built. The easy way, though, is, well, easy. It's a path that's well-worn. We know what to expect. There's very little or no risk involved. It's somewhat safe. Oh, how often we've traveled this path in our discipleship. We travel it when confronted with the homeless person who needs help. We say, here's a 20. It's all I have. I'm sorry. And we walk away. Not wanting to deal into the situation and really get involved. Hoping it will just go away if we ignore it. Or the all too often response these days in our plastic world of, I'm sorry, I don't have any cash on me. I can't help you. Or maybe... It's something a little bit bigger, like denying refugees' entrance into our country and citing security reasons while ignoring the plain truth of Scripture. Now, you may not have actually denied them yourself, but were you vocal about your view of whether they should be allowed entry or not? What did you put on your Facebook wall? Did you stand by and not say anything when you believe that they shouldn't be allowed in or that they should be allowed in? We take the easy way, not the hard way. Here's another one. The Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. The easy way. Faith in theology, though, is not that easy. Friends, the Bible is not as black and white as we would like for it to be. We must do the work, the hard work of Bible study to truly understand what the Bible is saying. And then we have to hit our knees and find out what God wants us to do with it 
in our lives. We can't take the easy way out of a literal interpretation. The easy way. The way without risk. How do we grow in our faith as we continue to walk the journey of discipleship if we aren't willing to be shaped by the path of the hard way? Or in the words of the poet Robert Frost, shaped by the path of the road less traveled. The road not taken. When we respond to God faithfully, listening for his direction as Peter did, and yielding to the idea that sometimes that means we have to take the hard way, not the easy way out, then we can open the door that unites the hands of an all-powerful God. We can see the miraculous happen in our own lives. We can serve as an agent of grace in a broken, messy world so desperately in need of the power of the resurrection. The challenge for us is not to take, the the challenge for us is to not take the hard way, but to take the easy way. The road most traveled, we can't take that way, we have to take the easy way out. The way that solves the problem the quickest gets us out of a situation we would rather not be in is the one that we often choose. And the challenge is to not do that. No, instead, we should listen to that small voice challenging us to take the road less traveled. When we do, it will help us to grow as disciples as we're challenged and prepared for the work that God has before us, just as it did for Peter. When we do, Not only will we be better disciples for it, living into the calling that God has for us, but also we'll find that the words of Robert Frost ring true. Two words diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference, especially when it comes to your faith. That will make all the difference. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you will join us in worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. We're located at 1018 Salem Road in Conway, Arkansas.